Hello and welcome to the Tech Lunch Podcast, where we encourage our listeners to learn something new about tech every week. This can range from learning about new and exciting applications to the advancements in coding and technology. If you are always learning, you will always be a step above the rest. Take the time during lunch or during a break to listen and learn, kind of like a lunch and learn, but for the years. This podcast will open the listeners' ears to new and exciting technologies they may have not been purviewed to in the past. These topics will range from manufacturing technologies to data collection technologies and everything in between. Hello, I'm Nick. Hey, I'm John. And you know, this week we kind of you know don't have Ed, but you know he's uh, got some family to take care of. So he's here in spirit. Yep, he's here in spirit. Believe me, we we feel him. (laughs) Um, So. But, you know, this week we're going to kind of stick to a more IT-focused um, episode um, because that's the background that myself and John come from is the IT world. However, I do dabble in the OT and engineering side of the house. So um, with that, you know, this week we're going to kind of play in the realm. We've heard it before, us talk about before the Raspberry Pi. However, we're going to look at how the Raspberry Pi affects 3d printing and what it's used for you know in the grand scheme of things so you know what are you thinking yeah oh for i mean i guess we could start with the question is so, so what do you you have a raspberry pi connected what do you yeah. use yours for well i use mainsail os um okay. mainly for my printer um you heard us talk about before you heard us talk about firmware yeah and with that firmware i'm running clipper as you know my printer is kind of new yeah. um to me uh, kind of new into this game, decided to jump full force into the uh, the firmware in Raspberry Pi world and hooked it up to that. However, that's also running a couple other applications that Mainsail uses to pull the APIs from the printer and can be able to turn those into like MQTT data streams right. to another Raspberry Pi or something like that pumping as a MQTT interface and or Kibana instance. Yeah. So, so what do you use yours for? Yeah. I, so I like, I like, listen, I'm going to go to Clipper soon, but <laughs> so I'm going to do that eventually. But so mine is just Octoprint. It's, it's not say just Octoprint, but it's, it's, it's a Debian based Linux image that I've placed on my Pi. And you know, it does the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't have, I'm going to be very honest. I don't have as much a capability as mainsail and clipper is and, and when i mean capability i'm kind of saying like you, you, he's updating his firmware on the fly on on you know connected to the the ip of his of his raspberry pi um he I, I don't have that capability i can i can monitor i've got a control like um um panel i got a control prompt that i can kind of send g code to i can kind of control things on but it's not to the same level of complexity as a mainsail would do. Um, and some of those, I, I would say, meshes that you have, I don't get those meshes unless I do a plug-in. Which, yeah. to me, honestly, <coughs> it's a mainsail is more of a full package to, in my eyes versus Octoprint. I have the, the, the kind of uh, route that I took with it was there are so many plugins that mm-hmm. you can connect, and you've mentioned it already. You connect via API, yep. so so there's so many plugins I can connect with the global API key or specific API keys. If you have some security things you want to work with, like if you're trying to connect via your phone, you can you can make sure you do the right API. For well, that. for that, I'm gonna go ahead and you know kind of you know blow your mind on this. Moonraker. Moonraker. What's Moonraker that? is a software package 
you know, I'm, I'm looking actually at my main sale right now. It's one of the software packages like, like Crow's Nest and Sonar uh, that make up the package that is Clipper slash main sale, whatever. So it's like... Right. But what Moonraker is, I kept looking through it, and I looked through, looked through the documentation, and it's an API. It, what it is is it, it forces your printer or your um, system, you probably use it in OctoPrint, mm -hmm. but it forces the APIs to become exposed. So it exposes all of the APIs. It takes all the sensor data that you're getting into your system and exposes the APIs. And then all is a single file configuration files to move data from, from point A to point B. So it makes it simple so it can move quicker. Right. It's an entire configuration file. That's nice. But it's an entire like package that you that yeah. you load. Like I guarantee you, you could probably load into the Debian image yeah. that's on your Raspberry Pi. And you can pull all of the APIs for your, um, uh, for your printer. Off of and that. then off of that and make dashboards. That would be impressive. Yeah, that, see, that would be impressive because, like, we think into the realm, and I'm kind of, kind of, I'm gonna kind of take like a left, left turn and kind of go out, come from Squirrel. left field here because um, we talk the IT side. We we talk about you know. So I've I've built a couple of, of my own kind of custom PCs, right? Mm -hmm. And and I know that kind of gets a bit. It's a bit more processing power than a Raspberry Pi, but the same idea exists. Like you've got that PC that you can upgrade, you can connect to. So in my mind, I, I at this point you can create with that Raspberry Pi. You can make effectively anything. Mm -hmm. um, you know, either automated or um, you know, communicate communicative. I guess is the yeah, best word. Like so the, you know, I can reach it from anywhere. So it's it's cloud reachable. Yeah. You know, so that's that's the thing is like so I built it on that side and then realized kind of the ideas that you have to kind of keep to your system like the things that you need to keep security based and then you think like for you in your case I think it's beautiful um, we can kind of talk about the security of it because like on mine I gotta kind of close it off because the security is not as as clean on yours. You have kind of the outside, you know, security kind of... Yeah, the perimeter set up first. You got the iron curtain set up to where it's not... It, it can't communicate out and you have you have to force your way in. Right. right? So, which which is only if you know your VPN or whichever way. Right. Um, so, <coughs> to me, it, it, the, the main sale, when I say it exists as a whole package, like, I'm even thinking it, it has you covered if you're taking care of your security side too and you could probably connect the apis to some sort of monitor for that yeah, side and, too. and the thing is is what i also found is you can connect the, the apis honestly to and i'll touch on the security side this thing here in a second because mm. um you can connect those apis actually to the power supply that's yeah. on the machine but you can take that and hook that that, a, that that ip and hook it to a smart plug so you can tell it when to turn the power on Ah, so they, yeah, uh, that's actually a brilliant idea. So it's an so automated you, power solution. And then and then you can have it read. So like when you have your failure G code that populates. I don't know if anybody's seen the M M one twelve. Yeah, I've seen it a lot because I've been kind of adjusting my probe uh, quite a bit. But it, it says printer failure, and it tells you you need to turn the printer off before we can and back on, of course, before we can resume function. Yep. Um, now, granted, I think. With Clipper, does it have some type of auto? No. It doesn't have auto. Not that I have not that I have turned on yet. Well, it probably is something in yeah. the books too, because like I think there's there's, there's a lot. Yeah, I mean it has most of your package that you're. Yeah. If you're an well. IT nerd and you know you love tinkering and stuff like that, um, I've you know kind of fallen in love with the whole, you know, uh, Clipper 
you know, idea because of what it is. I, it's, and this is where it leverages the Raspberry Pi because the Raspberry Pi does all the heavy lifting for the printer. My actual on-printer motherboard doesn't do a darn thing. It has a file that I loaded from the Make Menu Config um, run on Clipper onto the machine, and it's connected via serial port. Um, yeah. So that's it. So that and so the Raspberry Pi does all the um, thinking because the um, CPU on a Raspberry Pi can still outthink the the, the mini board that's on the on the, that's on the machine. Yeah, and I think you have the four point two two. Yeah, the two two. Okay, well, I mean still, but like, but all things considered, like that's that's exactly the point. Like we, you probably talked about when you guys talked about Raspberry Pi, some of the blah, some of the customization, some of the customability that you yeah, can you do get with the it. hats and stuff like you, that. Yeah, yeah, like I'm thinking that you can create uh, some type of dashboard for mm -hmm. like what you're talking about with your MQTT, and then you can you can plug that. You can put the you know mount the fuck mount the pie excuse my french mount the pie behind the tv yeah. and it it there there's your all-in-one you can use kibana you can also put it on um a touch panel right if you really wanted to right. um you can actually offload it off of that onto like the giant tablets we have at work right. um and it's gonna work and that's um, the thing is, is immediately you can use that too to to help with your life cycle of your of your printer yep. like it, it, it'll report and then you're saying and it does and the thing is is clipper mainsail does actually mind you clipper and mainsail two different things um they're just one's the, the front end for it working together but um if it, and their vendor package it does tell you you know what runs you did how much filaments you use based on what your slicer said no. so it keeps all that information for you so you have all that data and stuff like that but now we'll kind of dive into the the security side of the house real quick we'll kind of dive into that for a second i don't have mine currently set up like that which i will here eventually because i run my stuff off off network well it's on network however i have a um security a on-premise um uh, enterprise grade firewall set up at my house i know a little bit of a pain in the butt safety safety yeah <laughs> through, through ubiquity um um yeah, uh, USG Pro, um, and it does allow you to do VPN into the into the house mm -hmm. um, using a, a secured socket, and then that's how I would get to my printer. Yeah. So I don't have to worry about exposing ports to the outside and stuff like that. It keeps everything kind of indoors. However, if you go into Clipper um, or into Mainsail, into the Mainsail config, um, you can tell it what hosts you want to allow. So you can restrict the, uh -huh. the, the front end of the firmware to only certain computers that can that can allow to get to it. But I'm assuming mobile devices as well. Like yeah. All that. As long as they have an IP address. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's um. Great. So because all like all the phones when they come in my house are all hard IP'd. Right. As soon as they hit my network. Um. So as long as you connect my Wi-Fi, you have a hard IP, and I can take the hard IP and throw it into the system. See that, and that's cool too that you mentioned it because like when I talk into like we kind of go on both sides when I go to Octoprint, it has it has the ability to to kind of we I don't know if yours creates users. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I create users and I can create like a admin account as, as well as like you know just standard user accounts to give people like limited access to downloading those APIs or getting or seeing those APIs yeah. and plugins. But but on the same side is you can like when you're if you're logged in as admin, oh you're it's open. So like if someone gets your admin password or gets that, then there's like no real coverage on that side. With yours, you've kind of created a two form. They like, they haven't made a 
authentication package yet. I think they do have one, but I know they, they're making one for the screens for the printers. Um, they have something called um, a Clipper Tab now. Um, so, you know, they have that type of stuff out there. So I, I kind of wanted to kind to to jump into maybe using of it as well. Mm -hmm. So like, the our, our main our main kind of purpose for the pie is is to be what the motherboard cannot. Right. Uh, the motherboard doesn't have the processing power to give us all of these readings and send this data to us and connect to us. But the whole premise that we're going for is like what what is it doing now like how mm -hmm. what can you do while you're like let's say printing like during your print what is what capabilities would you have with your printer um the main sale on clipper um on mine really it's just you know the ability to monitor the tool head okay. you know what the tool has done i can actually watch the g-code file in, in real life and watch the movements of the uh printer okay so I do have that. I can watch it layer by layer. Right. Um, so mind you, that does not tell you when things go south. Say, um, this is the planned layer. <laughs> yeah, this is the planned. Um, the yeah. actual is not shown. Yeah, how um, many times have we seen the plan not kind of... No, not come to fruition. Yeah. Um, but it's main, you know, it's basic, you know, material. I know with Octoprint, you probably, it's probably the same thing. It's very similar. Um, it kind of locks. I have a control window where, like, if there's no print, um, I can kind of move things around, change temperatures. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that yours has some capability of connecting a camera at some point. Yeah, it does. Uh, I can I, I can go in there and add it in. Okay, so so similar, we have, I have to download an API. It has, a, it has one on there that's mm -hmm. the control panel, but, like, for the dashboard, I need an API. I need something that's going to also pull that kind of source code or that source, you know, video and output it in such a way that it reads with the, the other data so you can see your charts, blah, blah, blah. You can see progress, temperatures, and such. Yeah, there's a lot more plugins for Octoprint than there is anything else. So that's what people are yeah. used to, you know. It seems, like, it seems like there's a bit of a cult following, um, and, and now, it's very customizable. So. I'll say this. You know, I could have gone to Octoprint with Clipper um, for this printer, you know, using the Raspberry Pi. And hooked it up to the smart home system that I've got and stuff like that. Because that's the other thing you can use Raspberry Pis for. Is smart home systems. You can t hook your your, your, your printer up to the, the smart home. And you can go from there and go watch what goes on. So, but, and I chose to go the main sale route because it's something different. You can still see a couple where it says Octoprint buttons pop up here and there. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, it is what it is. They still They, they did borrow from Peter to PayPal. I mean, it's I like fl uh, flip. It's it, it, it's flood. Now um, is another version mm. of of that. All still using the Moonraker and stuff like that. But then you have like Octopi Clipper, where it's an Octopi image with Clipper on there that you can download and uh, burn through the Raspberry Pi homepage to do that. Okay. Um, mind you, that is a really wonky way of doing it because it didn't work for me the first time. Um, so I had to manually install that, then I had to manually move the, the code over to the machine. Well, how many times did things work out the first time? Right. <laughs> so. Surprisingly, when yeah. this thing came up, it came up quick. Yeah. Um, the Raspberry, everything loaded up fine. There's, you know, there, the fun part is to try to figure out what configuration you have to use. Um, 
So what was your what was your difference in prints like? Um, no, like it, was there a very noticeable change oh, yeah. for you as soon as you went to Clipper? Okay. Oh yeah. So well, from Marlin is yeah the the first the, the first round of of prints not so much um, yeah. because the first rounds actually I have some sitting right here in front. Kind of got to tune in, um, right? You know because I had an issue where it was ten millimeters off the bed because <laughs> what it thought was my probe was extended the entire time on my sear touch. Not so much. So I had to go back to my firmware on the Raspberry Pi and disable it, and then hand label, hand level the entire bed. And you have that probe on a on a fixed mount. There's no adjustment. Right. Exactly. So like that doesn't make so, sense. So in the way to stock mount. the way to see this is there's the first print that it did. There's a second one. So yeah, first thing that you know I kind of describe it for you guys. Yeah. So you can see on that bottom level or that bottom layer, it. Yeah, it just kind of drop down. It doesn't. It doesn't have a very it's clear first layer. It's not smooth. You ha you have some some elephant foot, and what I mean by elephant foot, or, or like uh, maybe some bending. It, it pulls up from the bed, or maybe flattens out and kind of ruins that that level. Because if we want to print at 0.2 millimeter layer height, mm -hmm. that layer height changes now, and then it looks like your corners didn't sit in because it that that filament's gone. That yeah, plastic's not there. Uh, and then on the second one, it looks like a more full piece more smooth i know this is the bottom where the print bed was and that's kind of where i compare the two but you can it's it's a first layer like on on the one that you didn't have it it's not a first layer yeah so like that would be my like your first layer was not adhered to the bed that would yeah. be my first but and those. the thing is, is i'll say this you know i don't know if you saw it when you went to anything else you've done with your new firmware you went through yeah um layer lines so you know it's like the one thing is it's like the layer lines are not as visible. You can still, you can still, you still see, see them. them. Yeah. But you know that's here nor there because the other thing is oh, man, and this top of your the octopus here that printed is like very curved. And mm -hmm. if that was a stepper motor, or if that was stepped like that, sliced like that, like this, you would need to do like Archimedean cords for it to. To kind of flow like that, and and if anybody knows, I think we've talked about infill before. Our in cords to just infill in a circle, mm -hmm. like that's pretty much what that does. Yeah, so that's what it looks like, and that like what I'm saying, and Ed Ed probably would harp on this the most is that like a printer does its job when it can handle curves, mm -hmm. so it can handle those rounded sides, and this is like a perfect like rounded circle for the head of the, the octopus. It was really impressive, to be honest. Now, if I can kind of take and, and say the um, the difference that I noticed, like I'm gonna be honest. So recently, I've kind of gotten off of Marlin. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably go to Clipper, uh, but before that, I might go to Marlin again. Um, but the main reason I went off of Marlin is I got the Easy ABL Pro from E3D uh, Online Studios Online or something like that. Mm -hmm. Something similar. I might be having it wrong, and for that, I apologize. But um, so the Easy ABL Pro, I got that. It's a it's an auto leveler similar to the um, or it's, it does this the same idea as the CR Touch would, but instead of having an actual probe, it's a um, proximity detector. Oh, okay. So I thought at first it would be a magnet. Like that's why I think I thought it was I too. Thought I, it, like it would make sense. You've got a magnetic bed. Like it hits a certain point. Maybe it's reversed polarity, so it kind of repels. And it, when it gets when it feels that repel of the force, I was thinking that boom, that's a level. But it's opposite. So when it feels there's like a sensor light that's green at the top of it, and once it gets to a certain height, it turns red. 
and it tells you that's that's zero. That's your that's your height. But the problem being, if you're leveling at the corners and your sensor's off the bed, you're it's not going to recognize that. So like, there's a bit of a trouble there. So I, what I thought was is that I should go into you the unified two firmware mm -hmm. that you know they that comes with the um, that's preferred with the the probe and uh, kind of turn it on with the mother. That's from that E3D, right? Yeah. So unified two and it, and it has a lot of capability. It's a little bit bare bones, I'd say, um, but it kind of gets the point across. It. I mean, I've been using it so far, and it's been getting the job done. But the one thing that I noticed from even going to that from Marlin, I'm gonna say that I wasn't on Marlin 2.0. I look at that now, and I definitely wasn't on that. I was on some form of Gyres, which is kind of a Marlin like, like 1.0. Yeah, it's kind of like well, I'd say 1.5. Like it's, yeah. it's like an in between. Like it's so Marlin 2.0. It doesn't have the the graphical interface that you know. That gyres does, but it, it, it like they, they both exist as kind of two different branches, I would say. Uh, but but I'm gonna go back to that at some point because um, but but I'm I'm staying for I'm staying with the unified two for now because my my stringing issues mm -hmm. disappeared. That's not bad. So I was I'm getting but but now I'm running into the problem that my prints are too stuck together. <laughs> mm. So the articulating prints that I'm trying to do are, are too stuck together. So like like for me. I noticed that, and if I could have some type of firmware integrated with the OctoPrint where I can kind of swap back and forth easily, that, to me, we're talking, we, you guys have talked about it, uh, like testing. Like, to yep. me, let me try Unified 2. Let me throw it in this thing. I'm going to test it. Let me try Let me try a little bit Marlin 2.0. Let me test it. Let me see what Marlin 1.0 was like so I know how far I've come, <laughs> you yep. know? So, like, let me be able to throw that in there, that bin file. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean. It's like, and the funny, the funny part is that, you know, we talk about, Trying all these different firmwares, the firmware trying would not be plausible without the Raspberry Pi. Yeah. And you can do that on any printer. You know, mind you, you know, Clipper works on all printers. The firmware that you have so works on time. all somebody printers. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a universal thing. But the one part that, you know, I, I laugh at because it's you don't see it unless you're running a Raspberry Pi or a... Because you can run this on a regular computer, too, if you really wanted to. Is firmware retraction. Yeah. The firmware is doing the retraction steps. Yeah. Not the slicer. Not the G code that, that you're slicing in. Because for me, I'm using right. Prusa slicer. And. Shit. Sorry. Right there. Hey, firmware is just a uh, line in your config file. Or your, yeah. sorry, your, the retraction. your retraction is just a line in your config file, which is impressive. Like, and, and honestly, for me, I've got to do all of those things. Like I have to do that per, per slice. I can save a configuration bundle. Yeah. In Prusa Slicer, mm -hmm. but what if I go to another computer? I gotta import that, save it onto something like a Google Drive, mm -hmm. and then and then export it down. And then by this point, you've already updated and tried two firmwares. And the thing is, is I've also going to the new firmware, going to the Raspberry Pi. I've also learned a small little thing about slicers. Y'all, slicers matter. Slicers matter. <laughs> um, you know, slicer lives matter, um, if we really want to go that way. Um, now, Prusa Slicer, even though their firmware box does support Clipper firmware, their um, slicer does not. Yeah. So, whoops. Um, there's a drop. And, it, and you're running the most updated... Yeah. Oh, okay. And I'm, so I went to Super Slicer. 
Yeah. Which is the same thing as Prusa Slicer with <laughs> a couple more took, options. Yeah, someone took um, Which, I'm not going to hate on that. It's open source. It's open source. Guess what? You can do what you want with it. Um, and they yeah, have the Clipper the firm, They have the Clipper firmware. That's the beauty of open source. Exactly. And now the thing is, is you know what we're saying right now, um, the only money you'll spend you know, to get a Raspberry Pi up and running on a 3D printer is a cost of the Raspberry Pi. Everything else is free. Yeah. You know, your time to learn it, if you're learning something, it's worth it. You know, it's it's worth it. You know, it's just uh, how it goes. It's going to cost you an arm and a leg right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're getting a Raspberry Pi right now is going to well, cost you okay, an arm and a leg. Well, okay, that's a good point. So, so get get a Raspberry Pi, you know, full stop. Yeah. But, however, what's the price? Right. Uh. What, and which one sh- which one works? Do I need a do I need a four a two that's, a three? That's that's B where plus? the fun part is, because you know now you have something called the Orange Pie. What's that? Orange Pie is a I guess you could say an Alibaba special <laughs> of the Raspberry Pi. I know. Okay. Um. So it's available. Um. They're cheaper by a long shot. It spells pie all the way out. P I E. No, it's just <laughs> pie. Just messing with Orange you. pie. You know, so it's, it, it's you know, and most people do prefer it because it does work. It's the same exact operating system. It okay. works all the way around. Okay. However, um, we'll talk about Adafruit Raspberry Pis real quick. Um, you know, the original. Um, yeah. So, when you start thinking about that, you know, you're talking about, what are they now, about $125? Well, let's start. Let's start um, at the Model 4s. Yeah. I'm using a 3B plus or a 3B, 3B version two. Um, so I've got two of those lying around the house and a couple, a bunch of older ones. However, um, most firmware options, for example, like Marlin mainsail, all that stuff, um, we'll use that as an example because that's I think one of the more heavier loaded um, options out there right now. Can run on a Raspberry Pi Zero. This is impressive. I, so, and it can run, you take that Raspberry Pi Zero and stick it right in the case and stick a little line out and freaking connect to the network. Yeah. You know, done. It's all enclosed. No one knows the difference. It looks stock. In reality, it's not. Pretty good, too. That's, that's, that's pretty, pretty small. And you can, put it on, you can put it on the, on the, on the, um, uh, on those orange pies. I think those orange pies are cheaper than yeah. everything else. Because I was going to say, I, I use a 3B Plus as well. Um, now, if you ask me, though, like, hey... Hey guys, I have a two. Like, use it. Why not? Why wouldn't you try it? What? Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? Don't ever say, "Hey, because I don't have the most newest up to date thing, I'm not going to try it." Me as y'all, I'll also tell you this: most of us who's ever worked in the tech field, three D printing world, whatever, we have old PCs lying around. All right. You just call me a hoarder. I know I am. You can look yeah. at my back room. Yeah, I got a I got an um, iPhone four that I'm going to fix. <laughs> like, <laughs> And that's going to be a... Like, I got a complete server rack coming yeah, up. So, right. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> so, and plenty of, of random run-of-the-mill PCs lying around here um, that I could turn into hosts for these yeah. things. However, so don't let the fact that you don't have it run against you. Yeah. You know, that's, know. That, that's you, the least of the, before, the, the like, things. What, do you guys probably have a laptop that's like 10 years old that you like were about to throw away? You don't think it's going to work? Format that OS... You know, it's a very this, small OS. Put this image on it. It's Linux based. It's going to give your computer another ten years. Yeah. Okay. Maybe not ten years, but it's going to give you some time. Ten years, close to years. Yeah, um, because it's the processes it's running are so much lower than what your Windows operating system is going to be running. I, I'll tell you one thing. After we're done here, I'll show you my two uh, older yeah. PCs because I have a I have PCs back in the room 
that when you bought when you first bought them they would run two gigs of ram and that was considered a lot yeah you tell me i get two gigs of ram on my laptop i'm gonna tell you you can keep it <laughs> so but that's what it came with i'm running on those laptops well, i've been running for years um tiny linux well to be fair too and it runs in in ram yeah so uh, so it's like megs and it runs fine and it does everything i needed to do yeah you know i've had these pcs for freaking years yeah and you could still get that at least six years but before that they were used probably 10 more before that yeah you could still get that to work for you like yeah, exactly so 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 we talk about pi and that's kind of how we started but the whole point is not that you have a raspberry pi it'd be nice so that everyone has one but the whole point is that you have a management like software that you can run with the computer that you have um and and you can you know give yourself some peace uh, some some peace of mind like for me i the whole my whole idea the whole point that i wanted for me to do the raspberry pi with the with the uh octo print and the camera mm-hmm. is i wanted the ability to stop my print while i'm at work when it's failed and I can say, hey, I'm going to get home, I'll clean it, and I'll start another print. So that's so basic, the idea. I kind of went down a rabbit hole just to get that job done. Yeah. But it's opened a whole host of doors for me. And and honestly, it's also saved me so much filament. How many times have I told you, oh, the print failed. I stopped it at work, went home, restarted it. Barely any and, filament lost. You know, it's like, if you think about it, we were talking about this one day. You know, with these, with these Raspberry Pis, I can always just run an AR camera on it. Or an AI camera, <coughs> and that yep. tells me, hey, did it bird's nest? If it bird's nest, stop print immediately. So, so yeah, I like that you mentioned AI camera by um, calling the API. Because we've talked about. Sorry, we're IT nerds, so we can talk yeah. about other can talk <laughs> about stuff all the time, all night long. Everything kind of probably will. So, just, well, if you can get the AR, yeah. if you can get it to function, then like um, that kind of reminds me of I was I was reading up on relativity space, like Stargate. That's their printer, their metal printer yeah. that they're making rockets out of. They're making the Terran one, I'm pretty sure, yeah. out of too, um, which is going to be a fully 3D printed rocket. The, the one that they are sending on the pad in Cape Canaveral right now that they just drive that they just fired yeah. is 3D printed. Yeah, that's that's absolutely ridiculous. With 3D printed engines. Um, yeah, that and that's that's even crazier. Is I could just, you could just make that, but we digress digress a little bit. Yeah, kind of the, on that topic on that one. Yeah, right. The, the point I was getting to is that. Like, I, I questioned, I was like, how is it so precise? How is it so perfect? Because if it, if it needs to be on a rocket, then you cannot have any imperfections. That is an exploded rocket, if you do. Yeah. So, so for me, I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, how do they do that? They're, they're using AR. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's adjusting, we've talked about it, in real time. Yeah. So they've created Stargate. And and it's you know looks like a kooka arm. It is. Yeah, it, it, which is crazy. So they've taken other technologies and made a system to to to. Yeah, using augmented reality and artificial intelligence. Yeah, it's absolutely mind blowing. So I think that yes, that's what I what that was what I what I want. Yeah. I want to be able to put my print down there and the machine's like oh, uh, I missed this part on that print. I scanned it or whatever and and, and then start going. Um, scanning technology is getting better and better. So, I, I mean, honestly, if we can get all those things ran by the, the, the Pi or an image on the Pi, that's fantastic to me. Yeah, exactly. That's the goal. That like To me, I'm like, we, we talk about what we can do, what we've done, what it, how it behaves. What's next? That's next. That That is next. Yeah. <coughs> you know, so. it's like if you think about it, you know, where we're going, 
And, you know, this will kind of lead us to the end of the podcast. You know, we're kind of at the 30-minute mark. However, we can talk about this stuff, like yeah. we said, all night long. Yeah. Um, you know, where we're going. That is, you know, we know where we've been. Where, what we've seen. You know, what's next. I think the leveraging of machine learning, like TinyML, um, those type of software packages, you know, augmented reality cameras, um, you know, uh, machine learning cameras, stuff like that, you know, machine vision, um, I think is coming next. Yeah. And we've seen it come up a little bit for 3D printers so far using the Raspberry Pi or their onboard processing software. However, I really think that, you know, you're going to pay a, you're gonna pay a premium yeah. um, for those printers. However, if you can do it yourself. Doing it yourself will save you money, but also get you comfortable with it. It'll teach you so much about how those yeah, things work. Exactly. And you become more intertwined in what your printer is and what it can do and what it can't do. Um, you know, it's, it's like, that's why I kind of started where I did with a firmware update yeah. before I start mechanical updates. Yeah. Because then I can start slowly but surely fine-tuning the machine down to do what I want it to do. Yeah, there are hardware limitations, but if you are, you know, a master of, you know, the firmware side and, and having to change those things, like, you can you can compensate for over or under extrusion. You can compensate for temperature change. You, can, you know, PID auto-tune yep. for your thermal runaways. Like, you can compensate for everything that is a flaw in maybe a stock part or, you know. And I'll say this, you know, on that topic, you know, Sorry, we're gonna, Squirrel. We don't want to continue too far. <laughs> um, the I've noticed also something with running what I'm doing is the bed in the hot end heats up so much faster now. And it doesn't give me the thermal issues like I've had before. They're all gone. And it heats up in minutes. Mm -hmm. it, I don't have to wait for it anymore. Um, before, it'd be two or three minutes to wait for that thing to heat. You know, come to zero and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah. fuddy dud around. It ain't like that no more. So that's the best part. But again, that's the most about using a three of uh, using a um, Raspberry Pi or uh, you know off yeah, machine. Those changes are easier to make, quicker to make. Well, it does it on its own. So that's the best part. Yeah, or, or on its own. That's the, that's what the goal is. So, but you know, uh, from my side, you know, I, I I said you know that's the the future. You know, the future is going you know to the the Raspberry Pi world. The future is going to machine learning. The future is going to machine vision um, and repeatability. Um, right now, we're, we're kind of there um, you know, with repeatability, but it's up to the user to hit that repeatability mark. Um, so, you know, from my side, you know, I say, hey, you know, hopefully you learned something tonight. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we thank you. Um, I thank you from, you know, from the bottom of my heart from y'all, you know, going out there and listening to us, you know, talk about this type of stuff. You know, we enjoy it and hope that, you know, you get to enjoy it and you get a little bit something out of it. You know, maybe one day we'll do a meet and greet and get a couple people together and we'll all talk about 3D printers or, or some sort of technology that we got going on. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of compare notes. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that, that'd be the greatest thing. And, you know, maybe one day get everybody together and do a big print off. You know, bring the printers out. Everybody mm -hmm. come up with their own STL and stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, let's have some fun with it. Yeah. So, you know, do a barbecue and whatnot. Um, so, but, you know, that's here nor there. Um, you know, pipe dreams. But um, just want to say thank you. You know, from every single country in the world that's that's listened to us, thank you. You know, well, we hope you all enjoy it. Um, so, for me, I say thank you. Yeah, from from my side, I also you know hundred percent agree. Thanks. It's 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 nice to have a platform of 
you know anyone listening because uh these conversations happen nonetheless they're always going to continue so it, it's also nice to have kind of um not even just like someone to talk to but it's nice to have some feedback too like it's it's nice to know for me if if you always say everything is good or great or you know this is fine it's you're not doing enough it's like okay well that, this is why we're doing this you could be better or you could learn how to do that smoother or you could make your life easier and at the end of the day um you know it nerds that are in automation we're kind of lazy we want to do we want it to do right. it for us exactly. <laughs> like come on like figure it out and make it do it for us so like that's that's the goal um i i kind of want to issue a challenge i'd say automate something like yeah. there's a tedious there task you that, you, that you can do on a computer trying to see if you can automate it um, or learn something about automation. Yeah, um, send us a video of what you did. Yeah, you know, we'd that, love to see it. That would be pretty cool, honestly, and and it could spark some 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 ideas or maybe you know uh, a collaboration or something like that. So yeah, that'd be cool. I'm game for it. But yeah, so once again, you know, thanks everyone. Um, continue listening. Uh, we've got the Instagram coming with pod, uh, posts. I think Ed was talking about blog posts that yeah. he that he's got coming out, or he already uh, he may have already posted that. Uh, Y'all go check a look at the YouTube out. channel. Yeah. You know, Vulcan Art Technology Solutions. Do me a favor, everybody who listens to this, go hit up the YouTube. Go, you know, subscribe to that. You know, so we know y'all are paying attention. You'll also catch this podcast on there as well, um, in case you can't get it um, on your device. Yeah, and if you don't like what we're talking about, you want to take another direction, that's the place to tell us. Yeah, send us a, you know, make it, put a comment yeah, so. on, on one of the videos that we're doing, um, the podcast video or whatnot, we'll see it. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll respond back to you, you know, see what you think. You know, maybe uh, you can help us come up with some ideas. So if you do have any ideas um, for this, you know, we, we say it in the, in the outro, you know, email us. Yeah. Or go to our, you know, YouTube channel, Vulcan Art Technology Solutions, and put a comment on a video so we know that you hear us and also that you have a suggestion for a video that you want to hear or a video you want to see or a podcast you want to hear. Hell, if you have a problem with the print, let me help you. Yeah, let's see what we can do. So, y'all, I appreciate it. You know, thank you, and uh, have a good night. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the Tech at Lunch podcast, where we hope you learn something about tech during your break or during your lunchtime. If you did, please give us a follow to prevent missing future episodes. If you have any ideas or something you want to hear or learn about, please send us a show idea to podcast at Volcanora.com. Hope you have a good rest of the day and continue learning.